Everyone has the ability to improve at their own pace. That is just one of the gems today that you will hear on the Autism Outreach Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Rose Griffin, and I had a wonderful conversation with Jeanette Passanisi. She is a mom to three children, and one of her children has autism, is an autistic child. And she shares with us her journey into the autism world and what it has been like to support her son, who is now 20. But she shares with us what were the signs of autism, what were his services that were most helpful. And she talks about when you're working with a child and going into the home, she has worked with a lot of different providers, as her son has as well. It all depends on the delivery. And is our student processing the information or performing? We have an amazing conversation today about how she has helped to support her autistic son. And I'm delighted that you are tuning in today. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Welcome to the Autism Outreach Podcast. We have a wonderful guest with us today. We have Jeanette Passanisi. Thanks so much, Jeanette, for joining us. I'm thrilled to, to meet you today and have you on the show. Thank you so much for asking me to be on the show. And so is anything in my life. I met Jeanette over on TikTok and social media is a big part of how I've grown my business here on ABA Speech and really just how I've grown um, my connections with other people. I really love that. And you came up on my For You page, which if you don't know, when you're scrolling through TikTok, it shows you videos that you may like based on your behavior. And so um, you have an autistic son and I really was moved by one of your TikToks and I reached out and messaged you and I was like, I need to have her on the podcast. Um, So thanks for coming uh, on today. We have our listeners are parents, speech therapists, and then I'm also a BCBA as well. So but I think it's always great to have on autistic individuals, parents who have an autistic child, um, because sometimes I think we get removed in the day to day of who we're supporting. Um, Because sometimes, especially when you're school based, you can't ask parents questions. You just can't have these kinds of dialogues um, with the actual people that you're working with sometimes. So I appreciate you coming on and just sharing with us. Um, So for those of you who have not seen your TikToks, um, can you share with us a little bit about you and your journey into the autism world? Sure. Um, I'm a 55-year-old mom of three um, adult children. Um, My youngest one is Robbie and um, during the pandemic, I started a TikTok because uh, I felt so isolated trying to support him. Um, at the time he was 17 and everything was just so overwhelming with his schedule just stopping and my whole life had to be put on hold to, to support him mm-hmm. uh, like so many of us parents do. Uh, Robbie is currently 20 years old. He's in a residential school um, here in um, Massachusetts. And um I completely um, blame it on um, the pandemic just Mm -hmm. because um, just like so many of us on uh, Friday, February 13th, we got the phone call in the morning that said school is canceled for two weeks. 
-hmm. And then two weeks turned into what seemed like uh, an eternity, but it was really about seven months before Robbie uh, was able to go back into the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And before that, we did have um, some supports in home, Mm -hmm. uh, plus the school and his schedule. Um, and that made, um, his life, you know, I, I wouldn't say perfect, but it was, it was pretty good. Cause you know, a lot of these young people, they rely on that scheduling and mm-hmm. they, they stick to that schedule. And when that got, um, yanked from him, it was like, just like all of us, it was like a shock. Um, but, but, you know, some of the things he did during that time really surprised me because, um, you know, mask mandates, he was all for it. He loved wearing a mask. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, and I understand a lot of parents, they had sensory issues, so their kids right. could not wear a mask, mm-hmm. but he liked it. Cause I used to say, Hey, listen, instead of being Batman, now you're the masked Avenger. And he just went with it, you know? Um, but yeah, he's, um, he's, when we he was first diagnosed when he was four with uh, PDDNOS because oh. back in two thousand and let's do some math in my head two thousand and seven <laughs> that was the um, diagnosis oh. that was available and okay. then over the years um, through s- different evaluations that we've done independently he's moved to um, a level three um, diagnosis back mm-hmm. in I'm going to say. 2017 and then just recently this year we're working with the Lori center um here in the massachusetts area mm-hmm. um and they four different um doctors uh behavioralists neurologists um mm-hmm. psychiatrists have all said that he's in the profound autistic level um, and then just recently we found we had a um a DNA test done again, a genetic test done again, because the first one was done when he was like five or six. Yeah. Um, he came back as having a shank three, hmm. uh, which is another disorder that I had posted on my page about. Uh, but it really, it's the behaviors that we've seen in my son mm-hmm. over the, the, the length of his life, 20, 20 years. Uh, it's spot on for what uh, spark uh, was it spark or spank uh, three and I, I just it just blew me away so this is another thing I'm reading about which is helping mm. me understand how I need to support him when he's in our home and why he does the things he does yeah so when so. he was thank you for sharing that so when he was diagnosed at four I guess what were some of those early signs because that's what I get asked a lot or if I put up mm. a duet on TikTok or YouTube shorts of a parent who has shared about what those early signs are and they actually have the the footage to share about it. Uh, people were always very interested in that. And now with the diagnosis, you know, I've been practicing 20 years. So when I first started talking about autism, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, it was one in 200 and something. So now yes. the incidence rate being one in 36, this is just affecting so many people's lives. But what were some of the signs of autism that you recognized in your son? Or did you think it was autism? Did you think he had a delay? Or was he talking? I guess I'm wondering some of those things when he was younger. Yeah, um, Robbie was um, talking at, at nine, 10 months old, like just like mama, dada, bottle, mm-hmm. sis, yeah. up, things like that. And then uh, and, and he has two older siblings and, and they were very busy. His um, 
middle sister, I call her Busy B because she was into everything. She was two years older than him. Yeah. And, you know, it's like trying to juggle everything. I missed some of the milestones because I always thought, you know, yeah. he's going to get there. Why, why, would, why would you start crawling and walking when you just point and your sisters would bring you whatever you wanted? Sure. Mm-hmm. And he had a three and five-year-old sister who just thought he was like a living doll and anything <laughs> he wanted, they would do for him. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, was good and bad, but then, you know, the doctor's like, Oh, is he walking? Is he talking? And then mm-hmm. I was like, and you know, you just realize one day, Oh yeah, he's not really progressing. And then slowly he just stopped talking around two and a half. Mm-hmm. And we were asked to go into an early intervention program at two and a half called, um, tri city here in the Massachusetts area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were doing in-home um, therapies that mm. they would where they would try to get him to stack blocks. And this is all like new to me. Like I right. had two beautiful girls who did exactly what they were supposed right. to do in their development. And here they're trying to get my son to stack blocks and do small activities. And he just couldn't do them. And, yeah. you know, I, I didn't understand why. And, Unfortunately, the therapists, they, um, I forget what organization they were from because it's like 18 years ago. Um, they weren't able to say, you know, oh, your son has autism because they did not have that degree Uh that you need to be able to, to give a diagnosis, but they were like, oh yeah, he's definitely delayed. And the PDD NOS, you know, um, pervasive development disorder basically said you're delayed. So Right. We bounced around with um, MEEP, which is the Medford Early Education Program here, where he started at three um, and went for a couple hours every day for mm-hmm. some some more advanced, um, you know, assistance and therapies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I kept fighting to get uh, anyone to um, look at him and give me a diagnosis. And a lot of the doctors would say back in um, 2007, 2008, oh, we don't we don't diagnose autism until they're like seven or eight, you know, they're like, there's a lot of things that can go, you know, this way or that way. Mm. And, you know, being naive about this, um, I went with the flow of things and I trusted, you know, the school district, his doctors um, that, okay, this is the path to do it. Um, And then shortly after, I think I can't remember if it was 2008, 2010, Uh, Massachusetts passed a law where they had to provide autism therapies. And then all of a sudden things started opening up with that PDD NOS Mm -hmm. diagnosis that was still a few years old, but, you know, he saw a speech pathologist Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, And I kept getting told he may never speak again. You know, he may just have these simple mama, dada, you know, up, cup, Mm -hmm. you know, drink. And that may be the extent of his language, but you know, I'm, I'm one of these moms. I just don't give up. Yeah. Um, and I'm a fun, I like to think of myself as a fun <laughs> mom. My, my adult daughters may disagree now, but <laughs> we used to, I used to rock out on the, in the car and the radio, yeah. <laughs> we would all sing, you know, yeah. and some of my, my daughter's friends would be like, your mom sings a lot. And it was <laughs> really to get Robbie. Yeah. into singing or mm-hmm. even talking. And I didn't realize it was echolasia ec- at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, he started to learn songs on the radio oh. and like he, to this day, he can sing 
probably every song he hears on the radio. He knows <laughs> every SpongeBob episode by by heart. Right. But if you ask him, and it's been like this since you know forever, how yeah. was your day? He can't say good or bad. Right. Uh, what you have for lunch? He can't mm-hmm. tell you that. What's your best friend's name? He can't say Izzy. Right. You know, there's just and it 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 was heartbreaking. Um, but yeah. you know, we we just never gave up on him. Right. So he's communicating with you in a different way. So he uses echolalia or he says things that he's heard in shows or movies or mostly. And it's, it's funny since the pandemic, and this is kind of where this is why we moved over to the Lori Center. He's yeah. talking even less. Um, they noticed that when he went oh. back to the classroom, um, yeah. he does have an AAC device okay. and um, he knows w- what. For things that he wants, uh-huh. he knows exactly what page to go to. <laughs> right. I want lunch. I want home. Mm-hmm. I want mom. I want um, I want toy. Really means he wants a happy meal with a cheeseburger, French fries, a soda. <laughs> you know. But he says I want toy, and people right. don't know that. So when uh-huh. he, he finds that on the AAC device, and it, it's useful at his residential school because it will say I want a cheeseburger chicken nuggets, French oh, fries, nice. and a drink. Right. And then they're like, okay, Robbie, let's go because yeah. there's a McDonald's um, two miles from the school. Oh, and they nice. do that like once every couple of weeks, which is nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, um, he he talks less and less, but hmm. like during the yeah. pandemic and it, it, and, you know, it can be um, just the way his brain developed. He right. started getting more OCD kind of yeah. behaviors, um, more routines and rituals mm-hmm. where if you interrupted his routine or his ritual, there would be b- behavior issues that were not mm-hmm. pleasant from us. Yeah. Uh, and they noticed it at school as well. Mm-hmm. So he expected um, things to be a certain way, like God forbid, what's coming up? Indigenous Peoples Day. Right. Um, so last year that rolled around and there was yeah. no school and there was no bus. Yeah. And he insisted, I'm putting on my coat. I'm putting on my shoes. I have mm-hmm. my backpack. I'm walking out the front door. I'm looking for Bernadette, my bus driver. Right. And even though you kept saying, you know, we kept saying to him, today's not a school day. Today's a home mm-hmm. day. Today's a right. Robbie's day. Today's a fun day. You know, right. didn't matter. Didn't uh. matter. And That's so hard. It, it is. Um, and because of his age and his, he's much, he's bigger than me now. Right, right, right. Um, he's an adult. Yes. He's a, you said he, he's 20. He's an adult. He's man. 20. Yes. He's an adult. Uh, yes. You know, he would push through you and, sure, and sometimes absolutely. he would, would, yeah. um, I would, I call it rage pacing. Okay. So he's not like, looking to hurt you right but if you're in his way he will shoulder you out of the way sure you know he won't walk around you you Mm -hmm. have to move or you know and there's nothing you can do you can't you can try to redirect Mm -hmm. and things like that and at that point i was like uh, i had the state involved yeah and we have a wonderful dds transition coordinator here in massachusetts so when you turn 18 Mm -hmm. you fill out this form with the school and then they send it to you know the state and they assign you somebody to help you with that 22 transition Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't know what to do you 
can you help me? Can you refer me? And she did. Mm. She was wonderful. So we had a, a BCBA come in mm-hmm. um, and work with us uh, for about three months. Yeah. Um, every other week, we we did a we filled out. I filled out a lot of questionnaires with mm-hmm. her, and she monitors his behaviors and recognized his OCDs and his rituals. Yeah. Um, oh, and plus his sleeping. I mean, he's never really slept, but you know, it'll always be around the full moon. Right. But, and then like two years ago, it was for a month. He really didn't sleep. And then oh. last year it was like for five, six months, he was running on two hours of three hours mm. of sleep at night and not sleeping at school. Oh, man. so, and someone has to be up with him because, you know, he'll right. run out of the house or, yeah. burn, or leave the refrigerator open mm-hmm. or turn on the stove. You, you, you just yeah. don't know. So she came through and said, you know, your son, I'm not supposed to diagnose you, but your son has all the signs of profound autism, but I can't give you that diagnosis. And she's like, can, have you been trying to have him reevaluated? Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's in 2017, we had him evaluated that. And that's when he got the um, level three autism, level three, but you know, yeah. so so we got so that. Into the, so the so the level three for people that are listening that don't oh, know, yeah. that means that's based on your severity, right? It's a level one, exactly. two, and three. So so three would be profound, or do they call it severe almost profound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So level three means they cannot be left alone. They they cannot um, take care of themselves. Right. Um, they okay. need twenty four hour supervision. They yes. need help with meal preparation. They need mm-hmm. help with toileting. They need help with hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Robbie has a friend who's still considered a level three and he can take a shower by himself with some prompts. It's right. like, okay, it's time to get in the shower. Yes. Use the soap. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a schedule printed out with the pics yes. and the child, well, the young man can follow it, mm-hmm. uh, but he's completely 100% nonverbal. Oh, right. um, but he uses an AAC device mm-hmm. and sign language and he, yeah. he, he's bilingual oh, wow. <laughs> by using an AAC device and, bi- and you yeah. know, but he cannot like make any, not mom, not, not yeah. mama, nothing. He hums, yeah. Yeah. but nothing. And, and, and it just blows my mind how, you know, these two kids can have such different um, experiences mm-hmm. with the same kind of diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing your journey. I think that's so helpful for people because, you know, in the online space, and I'm sure that you've maybe, maybe you have not been getting any people talking about autism, but I feel like there are a lot of people who, you know, I'm a BCBA. So there are definitely a lot of people out there who have uh, comments about ABA and things like that. I really don't get a lot of mean comments anymore because my business is ABA speech. So it's like, you know, I do ABA. I'm a BCBA, you know, and a speech therapist. Um, So I really don't get a lot of negative comments, but there will be people that have all types of, um, you know, comments for people, how you should be supporting your son. And do you you face any of that on social media or have people left you alone? I hope they have, but I just feel like parents get a lot of backlash and it's like, it's nice for you to share your journey with us, you know, because I think it helps us be better providers, but... I do. I do sometimes get some of this, this, this backlash of like ABA is evil and um, everything is evil. Coffee is evil. Right, you know? right. Um, and it just depends on how it's delivered. And there's yeah. some people, and believe me, we've had a lot of support people over 20 years come into our house and work mm-hmm. with our son. Yeah. And some ABA people 
they would come and I would ask them to leave within a half an hour, but I'm scheduled for an hour and a half. That's not my problem. Right. I don't like how you're communicating with him. You're not showing him respect. You're being too rigid, you know? And they'd be like, well, I have a degree and blah, blah. blah." I'm just like, I don't care. You're working for my son and me. Yes. And you need to provide him. You need to meet him at his level, you know? And there's other ABAs that come in uh, and behavioralists that make it fun. And Mm -hmm. honestly, show me any kid that wants to do something where you're, you're forced to sit at a desk and stack blocks or you're forced to sit at a desk until you see cow, Mm -hmm. I mean, or orange or circle, you're going to get nothing, you know, and it's really all depends on the delivery. So I would watch the people who would deliver therapies to him. And it was like, wow, they're really animated. They're really happy. They're meeting him. They're engaging with him. They're getting him to engage. How are they doing that? Mm -hmm. Just just like what I just did. That's what he used to like. He was like, okay, Robbie, we're going to do this and it's going to be fun. And that instantly put him in, I'm going to do whatever they ask me, you know? But then again, it's like, is he processing it or is he performing? And that's Mm -hmm. the real question, you know? That's good. Yeah, I like that. But if you're negative, Mm -hmm. but if you're negative, I, mm-hmm. I can't stand working for people who mm-hmm. are negative. If you come right off the bat, like, okay, we're doing this, doing this, you know, no <laughs> one wants to do anything that are asked that way. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. me, you got to meet them at their level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And that's like something a lot of people say, do this one, do this one, you know? So you just yeah. have the therapy voice. I tell people don't, don't do the therapy voice. Um, That was yeah. a good example of it. I love that though. Processing or performing. And yeah, it all depends on the delivery. I know that's exactly. why I try to say like, you know, if you have questions about ABA, just watch my page. This is how I do therapy. I do a lot of clips of how I yep. provide therapy. So I think it's it's great and, and good for you to advocate for yourself too. That's why I like to have parents come on the podcast too, because sometimes parents feel like, oh, well, I don't know if I can. And it's like, no, you know, you know, your child, this is your home. Like you yeah. are interviewing this person. You have to have somebody who is is respectful and kind. And I always say at ABA yeah. Speech, let's keep therapy fun and functional because it doesn't matter if the kid is two or the person's 22, it should still be fun and it should be functional. Why would we want to be around somebody who's got that negative vibe? And people pick up on that. I mean, your son oh, would yeah. pick up on that too. So I love that. Yeah. Thanks for- Or if they're afraid to deliver the, the therapy. Because we had one therapist, um, he would come in, but Robbie was the most pro- um, most profoundly autistic person he's ever worked with. He worked mostly worked with level one and level two. And Rob was the first level three. And he was like afraid because like, like Robbie's got a big personality. Yeah. He'll come in and he'll, he won't say hi. He'll go in your face and (laughs) smiling and and very like, hi, you know, waiting for you to do, because he knows you're in our home to do something with him. And if, you are kind of like taken aback. He's not going to do anything. So we, this young man um, was supposed to take him, like we were doing um, life skills. Mm-hmm. And I made these nice laminated sheets uh, when you could buy groceries for 20 bucks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he would go to, and the job was every Tuesday, take him to Wegmans. Here's his ATM card. That way he learns how to buy things with yeah, the code. You know, that's great. Here's the list. This week it's breakfast foods he's buying. And there was like five, six items that he could purchase. 
and then go to the, you know, Wegmans counter and put them on the belt, yeah. let them bring them in, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Love the guy that. was too afraid to take them to the supermarket, even though we had two other people and I, that I absolutely adored, but you can't tell someone, no, you can't take this new job. It's like, right. Oh, I'm so happy for you. You know? Um, and they were doing it every Tuesday with him or every, right. you know, once a week. And, but this mm-hmm. guy was too afraid to take him out, you yeah. know? And if you're too afraid, he's going to elope. Right. You have, to, you know, um, yeah. have you dealt with elopement when you're doing training? Like when, when, when your student doesn't want to participate? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I worked in non-public programs for a long time. So students who had unsafe problem behavior, that was a barrier to their learning. That was always my jam until I started my own business. So that's definitely the type of kid that I talk about supporting, because I think the thing is people don't realize if they just like what you're saying, people that are working in a school or working with students who have some mild behavioral concerns, they don't understand what it's like to have a grown man or an adult who has autism, who wants to get that thing or who wants to leave this area. But I've been a part of all of that. Um, And that's why I think it's good to talk about these things because people just don't understand what it's like to to support somebody like that. So I appreciate you sharing your journey. It means a lot. Um, If you had one piece of advice that you'd want to give parents who, parents or professionals who are supporting autistic learners, what is one last thought that you'd like to share? That's a very good question. I would say um, everyone has the ability to improve at their pace. So, you know, it's like, you can't expect like my son and his best friend, they, they do things. They have the same diagnosis. They do things differently. Like one can shower mm-hmm. completely independent mm-hmm. and the other one needs a hundred percent help. Right. But am I going to give up on and having my son learn how to shower? No. Um, y- you can prompt, you, you know what I mean? You just, yeah. it's a continuous learning curve, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a continuous journey. So don't, always have that little piece of hope because they, they may surprise you someday. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Jeanette, for coming on the podcast. It was delightful to get to meet you. It was great to be on here. And I, I, I really appreciate you asking me. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.